Welcome to the Inspirational Australians podcast, where we chat to people making a difference in their communities and in the lives of others. And here is your host for today, Josh Griffin. Thank you, Annette. Before we get started and uh, introduce our guest, Selma, for this week's dose of inspiration, I just wanted to uh, acknowledge that I'm recording here in Bunurong country today uh, and acknowledge the uh, traditional owners uh, and also elders past, present and leaders who are emerging. Now, for this week's chat, we're talking to Zelma Broadfoot, who, other than having one of the greatest names in the history of names, is just a truly inspirational person uh, and someone that uh, I met through our association with the Young Achiever Awards, firstly. And this person, Zelma, had a rare distinction of being a winner, not only in our Young Achiever Awards, but in our Community Achievement Awards program, which is very, very rare and very cool. Uh, and also, just personally, from a personal standpoint, Zelma, a lot of her uh, content that she puts out, and we'll talk about this shortly, yeah, had a personal impact and a help for me uh, as a new parent. So, before we get into that, Annette, I um, wanted to say uh, a quick hello to you as well. And uh, understand you've got a bit of an exciting update. I do. Good morning, Josh. Um, I'm coming from Wurundjeri country. Even though Josh and I are both in Victoria, we uh, both were on separate countries. And what I've got is very exciting. We have merchandise on our website. Go to awardsaustralia.com forward slash shop. And you can buy T-shirts, you can buy bags. But we are launching next week our community marketplace And all of the sales that go from anything on the shop go towards uh, prize grants for our winners. So uh, it's Australians helping Australians. So I really love that concept. My other little thing, if you can please rate and review our podcast, it really makes a difference to people finding it as they're just scrolling through. And if you don't know how to rate, go to our website and go to the podcast page. And I've put a little handy how-to guide there. Over to you, Josh. Yes, yeah, so awardsaustralia.com slash podcast is the easy way to, uh, to find that. So I've kind of already given a little intro for Zelma, so I'm just going to welcome you on. Uh, Zelma, good morning. Thanks for, for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Absolute pleasure. So what I was alluding to earlier, you know, and I said some of the content you put out is through an initiative that you created called the Postnatal Project. So I guess my main interaction with it has been you know, your Instagram page, the Postnatal Project. Do you want to just let people know what that is and um, firstly, and then maybe how it started? Yeah, sure. It's interesting. It actually started via Instagram and I'd never used Instagram before. Um, the reason for that was I was sort of just exploring my own journey as a new parent and I was feeling both quite inspired, but also um, I was sort of on my own journey to healing from birth and recovering and kind of transitioning and um, what that meant for me. And by using Instagram, I was kind of keeping it separate from my personal Facebook page because it's sort of not what I was really interested in at that time. Um, I was just, yeah, it was quite a creative way. It was an outlet for me in the beginning. Uh, And as I continued on with it, though, I just realised that there was such a need to continue these conversations. I didn't want this to be a short-term thing. So I decided to consolidate have a website, um, try to create some links to services within my community, but also broader just to make it a little bit easier for families. But whilst I was using that lived experience of my own journey at the same time, I felt like it was a really nice um, holistic approach to the conversations that I was trying to have. And 
yeah, so it started from there and it's just kept on growing basically. Uh, and when you started it, was uh, were you publishing your name to it or was it something that you could kind of, because you said, you know, you were keeping it separate to your personal Facebook, was it something that you felt, you know, that you could have this release or, or something because it was private almost? Yeah, no, I was totally anonymous um, and probably wasn't and didn't realise that people knew it was me. But oh, I really? Was, yeah, yeah. I, I just, um, I got to the point where people were probably going to figure it out anyway and I thought, yep. Do you know what, no, I am going to own this because this is great. Like this is um, actually sparking some really great conversations in our community and I should be proud. And so I kind of had this moment of, um, yeah, like, it's time now to put my name to it. So I did. And, you know, what was your background before you became a mum and you know, started this Instagram account and things? You know, did you, did you have knowledge of some of this stuff or was it that lived experience purely that you're talking about? Um, yeah, so I was a social worker and I was working in like the foster care kind of system But I get, and I knew about all this stuff but sort of when it was happening to me, I just thought, oh, that won't that won't happen to me. I'm, you know, like I'm quite a bubbly person, you know, like I'm not going to struggle. I am so excited to be a mom. Um, I didn't really expect it to be quite such an intense experience. And so, yeah, when it was, I kind of felt like I could use that really nice language and um, kind of theory that I had behind me with my degree and my experience. But um, yeah, that combination of the lived experience, I think, has been the winning combination. Yeah, yeah, like people resonate more with me just being me than me being social worker me. True. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, coming, I guess, uh, if you compare from like maybe someone who lives in a quite a big city or metro area and, you know, you're in Port Lincoln, um, I assume that's where you're, you still are. You are in Port Lincoln currently. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, did you also find that that had an impact or made a difference on your experience um, becoming a mum for the first time and stuff in a smaller kind of town? I think so. Um, I was hesitant to access any services initially. I sort of thought, oh, I'm never going to get a job now if I say I'm feeling a little bit depressed and I'm struggling and my baby's crying all the time. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't sure how to navigate that at all. And so initially I decided I wouldn't and then I tried to, um, yeah, again, keep keep some of my story private that I was yep. sort of writing about on a blog. But, yeah, it did make a big impact, a big sort of impact on my decision-making around that. But at the same time it was such a positive thing because it has started to give regional mothers a voice. Like in the city I feel like there are a lot of services available and we don't have that here. Um, we don't have mother and baby units and things like that and we don't have specialists here. We even struggle with just women's health physio and things like that, like the wait list is huge. So, yeah, I think it has been a good thing to have those conversations coming from a regional base. Yep. Yeah, that is quite cool. So what year was this? Uh, take us back to, to when this was all happening, when it was launching. Yeah, sure. So um, I had my first baby in 2015 and... I was already, I really wanted to create an app straight away. I don't know why. It's sort of who I am. I'm just kind of like, oh, I'm struggling. Other people must be too. I'm going to do something. It's just yep. who I am. But, yeah, so January 2016 is when I would say is the launch, yeah, of the postnatal project. That was when I made it public that 
it was me and um, this is what I'm about and this is what I'm trying to do. Well, it's safe to say that when um, my wife got pregnant and you know, I became a, a dad to be and then a dad and uh, safe to say that, yeah, my eyes were open to a lot of things <laughs> that mm-hmm. happen and that women bear and go through as being the person who, you know, gives birth. And uh, all of a sudden these people I knew who you had gone through that already, their stories were coming out um, because, you know, we were good friends with them, but because we were experiencing the same things. And I just was blown away by like, wow, I think it seems to me, and I don't want to generalize, but it seems like everyone has a touch of uh, depression or, or really struggles is probably the best way to say it through, because it's such a life-changing experience. And so I think what, you, what you're doing in, is really important because it lets people, and this is my personal experience too, let us know that, oh, we're not alone in this. Everyone's doing, experiencing this and it's normal. Mm, yeah, I think initially when I first started writing, I was really quite strongly promoting recovery from postnatal depression and things like that. But these days I hardly talk about labels and things like that because I, I do think that most people, 99.99% of people do have moments, even if it's just half a day where they're, you know, wow, this is so tough. Everyone, everyone has that because we're human. And I think that the stigma comes from when we're starting to put labels on. And of course, some people do require treatment and things like that. And that's 100% fine as well. But I think the more we spark conversations, we might stop people from going down into that darker hole because they're feeling way less alone straight away from the from the onset. So can you tell people um, a little bit of what happened, you know, the Postnatal Project Instagram account, because I've kind of seen it play out a little bit um, from following it for a number of years. And, you know, I remember a stage where there was, I'm trying to remember what colour it was, but there was a coloured background and some like words was the mainly post. And then there was kind of a switch and you were doing a bit more um, pictures and, you know, can you tell us how it all played out and what's kind of, you know, been happening because I know that you've also released um, books and things like that too. Yeah, I, yeah, the books were definitely just because I couldn't fit everything I wanted to say in one tidy little Instagram square. Um, but yeah, I guess my Instagram has just grown and I've had to grow with it. I've had to get more creative. I've had to get more professional if I... Yep. Yeah, don't say so myself. I've um, got some professional photos done and um, things like that that have really helped, I think, take it to the next level because I really want to grab people's attention um, so they'll stay long enough to read my messages and my comforting words. If, if yeah, if it's not polished these days, I feel like people just kind of scroll on. So that's been kind of an important part of getting my message out is progressing in that way. Um, I still feel like such a beginner. I have no idea what I'm doing half the time with Instagram. Sometimes yep. it takes off. Sometimes I lose 50 followers <laughs> for something. Oh, really? I, oh, yeah, all the time. Uh, I don't know how it all works. But, yeah, the books have been amazing because they're ebooks, so they're downloaded around the world um, and it actually helps me because I'm listed as a sole trader. I don't have capacity to apply for any funding or anything like that. Um, one day later down the track I'd love to move into like a not-for-profit space but I just don't have the capacity at the moment to yep. yeah with my little ones in the home so yeah um the ebooks and things like that just help me to pay my bills because there are a lot of bills I have insurance and um all that kind of thing to cover so yeah it's been really great to reach people in that way and give people a tool 
is basically the idea yep. as well. And do you, do you find that um, Instagram is a great tool because of the interact interactability? You know, people can really reach out to you and you can have conversations with them. Yeah, oh, totally. No, it's a great way. I do I do try to have boundaries though because it can get really tricky uh, when you're so accessible to people, but I really do love having those conversations. I even have people who follow me for years who I consider like a friend now. I've never met them, but we chat all the time and they always yeah. support all my campaigns and, yeah, it's. I think it can be a really great place to get information and also to get support. You just have to you know, tread a little bit carefully with how you're doing it, basically. For sure. So what was your, um, you know, experience like with your children? Because you've had, you've got two, is that correct? Yeah, I've got two, yeah. Yeah, and so what what were you finding that was helping you to, you know, get through everything? And then did that then inform, I suppose, what you were putting out onto your your page, your account? Yeah, I I think it's a combination of what I found helped me and the things that I felt were really lacking in our regional healthcare system. I felt there are a lot of barriers to treatment and just just support. Um, I've got a friend who's a midwife as well, and she says she really struggles even now for for women to seek support unless they're at the real pointy end of you know wanting to end their life. They can't they can't get a referral because it's not deemed severe enough. And so we've got this real gap in preventative care basically. Um, So, yeah, I feel like sometimes, although Instagram is never going to be the way, it is one way of building community care and those conversations that we have really openly might help someone else to talk to their husband or their partner or their friend about what's happening for them. That's kind of the idea. Yep. And for um, any dads listening, any new dads especially, I know that your page is mainly aimed at, at mums, but have you got any kind of a, you know advice or even just little um, things you've heard from other mums that that really help for dads to kind of be part of it, support their their partners, and um, you know, I guess help women through that period. Yeah, I actually, it's interesting. I've tried to change my language a little bit around saying parents as opposed to mothers, but I do find that. Um, sometimes it is quite applicable. You know, when you're talking about breastfeeding, things like that, you can't always include include all parents. But I, I would say that for dads, I think the biggest thing is just allowing yourself to be human in it as well because I think there's a lot of pressure on the non, I would say non-primary caregiver because it's not always a dad, but yeah, on that person to go out and bring the money home and then you've got to, you know, walk in the door and be just 100% fine even though you've had a massive day and you've got, you might have a crying baby and your wife or your partner's just knackered. Um, it's almost like you've got a second shift and although that other partner's knackered as well, um, of course, it's just, yeah, I feel like sometimes there's a tendency to bottle all that up and be this person, this really strong person and try to carry everyone and I don't think you have to. <laughs> I think it's okay to fall into a heat too um, if you need to. And, yeah, just being, just considering yourself a team basically. Yep. I wonder if um, in areas that are locked down, uh, like I'm, I'm from um, recording from Melbourne today, you know, people who are going through the newborn phase, mums and dads maybe together at home, I wonder, yeah, if that's going to create whole new dynamics, understandings and um, empathy. Yeah, well, you obviously see the whole day, don't you? That's what you? I mean. <laughs> yeah. Because that was an eye-opener for me, like, the first time I probably looked after our first, our newborn, the whole day, myself. 
um, you know, because I was working and then on weekends and, you know, we're usually together. And that was, uh, yeah, that was really eye-opening and like, oh, wow, okay, I kind of really get now some of the stuff you're talking about the whole day because it's uh, it is slightly different than just doing, you know, shifts. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, it's quite relentless and, yeah, it can feel really kind of unforgiving sometimes. You don't really get a break. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So, you know, from... Uh, Port Lincoln to Adelaide people don't know where that is if you look on the map it doesn't look like that far really but to drive there you have to go along the coast and you know is it about seven hours I think is that right yeah about or or a little tiny bit more but yeah about that I mean you can hop on a flight which is only 45 minutes but it's it can be quite expensive and not always accessible to some families yeah yep so now I'm going to test your memory because I seem to remember for one of the awards nights, whether it was the Young Achievement Awards or the Community Achievement Awards. And this is where I'm asking you to, to see if you remember better than me. There was some kind of issue and you were maybe like unable to come. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I didn't think that was going to be a big deal, <laughs> but then I ended up winning. So um, yeah, it was just, it was just all going to be too hard financially, logistically. I yep. just thought, oh, look, I'm not going to win anyway. I won't worry about it. They won't miss me. Um, and then, yeah, we, you guys um, organised a room for us, which just took a little bit of pressure off. It meant that we could fly over and just, yeah, easy. Yep. Well, it's interesting. We actually get a, a tattoo, you know, not not often. I wouldn't say it's a common occurrence, but enough that we uh, have to think about it. People ask us sometimes. Um, I don't think you did this, but uh, some people say, well, you know, do I win? Because I might, might not come otherwise. And, you know, oh. from awards um, presenters kind of uh, from our, or as an organiser, you know, number one to the awards is obviously integrity. We have to be, um, treat everyone equally and give everyone an equal chance to to know about results. And that's why we very publicly announce, you know, who's on the judging panel and what the results are, but obviously not the winners. And so, yeah, we have to tiptoe around and say, well, yeah, we can't tell you Um to come obviously then you know we want everyone to come and it's really hard because sometimes in your situation like well who are we if you weren't to win for example who are we to say you well you should be here if that's going to cause you financial and emotional strain and so yeah we always just try and be as honest as possible look we can't tell you we'd love you to come because we think you'll really enjoy it no matter the, the outcome but it's up to you if you don't want to come so problems we we facilitate things like video messages um, instead, and even if they weren't the winner, we again we wouldn't tell them. We'd just say, send us a video message just in case. Yeah, I think that's what you said to me. Yeah, yeah. But then I remember, I think I was because I'm trying to remember. I think you got it was a bit surprising that you kind of said, "Oh no, we are going to come." In the end, and we were able to yeah, get you a room at the uh, the Hilton Adelaide um, again, which we we love doing for people. We always want everyone to come, so we'll always do what we can to facilitate. So I'm glad that you were there and it, and it worked out. I think you had your little ones there. We, um, in the room, didn't you? Or your little one at that point, maybe? Oh, that was the second one. Yeah. So the first one we came over and that was, I ended up taking out the community choice as well, I think that night. So I was just in complete shock, basically, because <laughs> I didn't expect to win anything. Well, for those who don't um, know, the community choice award is uh, it's another word for another name for the people's choice, basically. And it lets uh, people in the community vote on who they think will be the winner. So it kind of you know removes the judging panel a little bit. And obviously your network around, you know, your Instagram page and everything got around it because, uh, yeah, pretty sure you won pretty easily. Oh, really? Wow, that's so interesting. Memory. That's nice to know. Thanks, guys. 
Yeah, now the second time was similar. We came over and we decided to spend the week um, and make a family holiday of it because, yeah, like I said, it is a long way. So we thought, oh, we'll come over, we'll stay for the week, take the kids to the zoo, you know, all that. And this was before COVID, obviously, because we wouldn't we wouldn't have done this. But my little one had a cold and so I was like, oh, well, I can't, I can't come, <laughs> you know, and then yeah. she started to get better and so I brought her only because she was still really tired and needing to be close. And, yeah, so I just remember texting, <laughs> like, oh, sorry, I do have to bring a, I don't know how old she would have been, 18 months old or something like that. Yeah, I think that yeah. was 2017, so that probably sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. So it just goes to show again, like, it's just one of those amazing opportunities and when you live regionally and you've got children, it can be really tricky. So, yeah. So, yeah, the joys of uh, of children and um you know, there are so many of them, but like the difficulties probably, what's probably one of, do you have a, like a memorable moment where, you know, you're trying to, might be a photo shoot, an awards night, whatever you're trying to do. And, uh, you know, the kids are just not really cooperating. I would say the biggest one for me, um, after winning the awards, I went on to win a spot in the Trailblazers program run by the ABC. And so part of that was going to Canberra and presenting at Parliament House which was amazing. But so I got picked and I was so excited. And then I realized, oh, I have to go to Canberra for a week and I've got a one-year-old and a three-year-old and I just wasn't sure. But anyway, we all went, we all went. And um, my husband came and watched them, but I was just finding that, like I was the only mum there. So it was for people under 28. So, you know, I'm 20, I think I was 27. Uh, Hang on, how old was I? I was, might be 26 at the time, actually. Yeah, so I'm there with all these people and they've got these amazing projects and I was struggling to get to all the events and all the things and um, part of the program was creating a pitch for Parliament and then my pitch got selected to present at the gala dinner as well on the final night. So that was amazing. But then it was sort of like, oh, I'm still breastfeeding a one-year-old. I don't yeah. know how I'm going to go up on stage when that time at that time that's like when she needs me a lot yeah and I remember like I ordered a taxi and I was feeding her and I slipped out of the room and I it all just worked out but it's just one of those things where I think it's really easy to say no to opportunities when you've got children but I think the the most the bravest thing I've ever done is say yes to stuff anyway and not just say no yeah but it's actually as you said it's uh it's, it's hard to say yes to those things because you know, because in your mind starts playing out, well, well, I need to do A, B, C, that'll have to happen, this will have to happen, and it, it must seem like a lot. Yeah, well, it kind of, it's a bit of a cycle because I kind of feel like in order to grow my project, I need more time, but my children are young and I really want to spend that time with my children. So yeah. I often feel this push-pull, push-pull, but in the end my values are very strongly connected with how I parent and so, yeah. Sometimes it means my project goes on the back burner for a little while, but you know, I don't think you know, you'll never regret the time yeah. that you have. So, so true. What would be, do you think, the number one kind of question that you get asked from parents looking for, you know, for your help or support? Oh, um, gosh, I think it's most of the time. Some of my work lately has been kind of progressing into normalizing some like other things around sleep or behaviour, behaviour probably the biggest one. I think a lot of parents contribute some of their low mood to what's happening, like how their children behave. 
yeah. and I'm trying to kind of create a bit of a divide between that being two separate things because I I do believe that I feel like just the whole like the juggle and the whole the pressure of being a parent and then being a friend and being a wife or a husband or a partner and just yeah like how do you yeah basically actually the biggest question I get is how do you do it and basically I, say, <laughs> I don't know I actually don't know uh just it's up there quiet. with uh, what's the meaning of life that's a tough one exactly no there is no answer nobody knows <laughs> yeah well uh kind of tying you know lockdown into what you're saying to me that's personally the hardest to to grapple with is the roles because during a lockdown situation uh, i'm not sure in port lincoln if you've had too many I did you have statewide only, ones when south australia had them yeah i think we've only had two or three and they've only been for a week yep but yeah. it, it, no matter what, how long it is, it's the, it's the same whether it's a week or, or not. It's just because it's very monotonous. <laughs> so it literally yeah. is the same. Uh, so you, everyone would understand who's, who's gone through it. But, uh, yes, the roles because you're like, all right, well, got work, uh, parent, husband. I can't even think if there's more friend. You know, there's obviously so many roles and uh, you just, you're limited. And so the same applies for parenting. Like all of a sudden, all these roles that you've had, you know, you might be uh, – whether your mum or your dad, you might be played sport, you might have you know, gone to this weekly event and all of a sudden you've got to yeah, really almost pick and choose which roles you're putting your, your attention into. Yeah, I honestly, I don't know, I can't believe it, that there has for some people been the expectation that they continue those roles at the same standard. I've actually got an amazing manager at the moment. She basically said, look after your kids, play with your kids, connect in for your own mental health with us if you need, but just do what you can and don't, like, just don't worry basically. But I know a lot of people who don't have that flexibility. They've got, you know, deadlines and or say I've got a friend who's a teacher and she's trying to teach on yeah. Zoom with That's her rough. kids in the background. Like it's just insane. Um, and I understand the purpose and I totally get that we, you know, we need to keep everyone safe, but I just feel like the standards need to drop a little bit though to keep everyone's mental health safe as well. So I'm probably putting you on the spot a bit here, but um, keeping in mind with the your, the post on a project and everything it's about and what you're about, I guess um, if you're speaking to a a, you know, a parent to be, what's kind of um, some little tips or or things that you can let them know that might help them along their their journey? Well, like I said before, I'm really big on just promoting that humanness, just allowing yourself to be a human in it too. Um, you don't have to be super mom or super dad or anything like that. Yeah, I guess I always talk to parents a lot about listening to their own instincts and, you know, you don't have to have a library full of books to learn about how to be a parent. You know, you can connect in as a family and listen to your baby or your child and listen to what your heart's telling you because I feel like that helps a lot in kind of promoting balance in the home as well. You're not going to run yourself into the ground with work if you know you've got a you know you've got priorities and things like that um yeah I guess I always talk to people about getting support when they need to though I think that's a big one um especially because there's only so much I can do from afar um for a while there I was offering one-to-one sessions via zoom when I had the time um so that was a little bit different it could be a bit more therapeutic there but most of the time it's yeah reaching out and not letting not suffering in silence if you're struggling because at the end of the day it's not just you 
who, and I guess this is probably a lot of pressure, but it's not just you, you know, your children kind of, you know, like you deserve to be the parent you wanted to be for them as well. And, you know, they deserve to have support that they need to get through their own childhood because, you know, being a child is tough too. There's <laughs> all yeah. sorts of stuff that they're thinking about and going through. So, yeah. That's a good point. That's something I didn't think of and I can't remember where that came from. Uh, might have been from your page. But, um, yeah, just remembering that uh, the, the little ones, it's like almost everything that they experience is new. Mm-hmm. And so things that are just so normal for us is just like, they're thinking, what is this? I don't know how to do. I don't know how to act in the situation. And, uh, yeah, that's really helped me as well just to keep that in mind. Yeah, I think we have really high expectations on children and how they should behave and be in the world. And I think that when we lower those expectations, we actually lower the expectations on ourselves to be like we have to control them or be parent in a certain way. You know, I think just releases the pressure on everyone if we can just allow people to be human, <laughs> including children with underdeveloped brains. <laughs> Yeah, my little one, my littlest one, she's, uh, so I've got um, almost three and uh, four and she, the littlest one, um, is very tactile, way more like hands-on, wants to touch and grab and than the eldest. And so, yeah, dinner time is basically just like, I've just had to like, okay, I can't force her to use her fork and spoon because <laughs> sometimes yeah. she's still eating. It's fine. I can wipe up the mess, have a bath afterwards. But uh, yeah, that's funny. I made me think of that straight away when you were saying what you were saying then. Oh, yeah, everyone would have moments like that for sure. Yep, we do as well. And the funny part, Annette's probably laughing in the background because she's their uh, grandmother. So she would she, remember. She knows all about their <laughs> funny little tendencies. Um, yeah, and yours too probably. Oh, yes, very true. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing about a family business actually is that uh, because we've had a few kids throughout the, uh, you know, the team over the last few years. And um, when the stories about babies turns into my baby stories in front of the whole team, and then I just go into a corner and just hide for a few moments. But, uh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Zelma, can you tell people how to uh, connect in with you? What's the best way to, to find you? And, um, yeah. Yeah, sure. So for people who are just wanting some, you know, information or want to connect in with some of my creative writing, they can do that via social media. So it's just the Postnatal Project on Facebook and Instagram. Um, But for people who want to chat about, you know, collaborations or things like that, email is always best. Um, So, yeah, I've got a website. It's www.thepostnatalproject.com. So you can, yeah, contact me via there. But, yeah, I find most of the time people are just wanting to, yeah, just access some education and, yeah, just feel less alone basically. Yep. And your ebooks are available at the website, did you say? Yeah, yeah. I've got a few things on there that people can just download. Um, yeah, but I can answer questions via email if people aren't sure what's right for them as well. Yep. And what was the, the website? Is it the postnatal project? Yep. .com.au? Yep. Just .com. Yep. Just .com. Yeah. Excellent. And, uh, you know, lastly, we talked about, you know, your involvement with the awards and being uh, the rare honour of a winner across the Community Achievement Awards and the Young Achiever Awards. I think it was uh, you were in the Community Achievement Awards first and then someone must have twigged that, hey, it's almost young, get her in the Young Achievement Awards too, um, which was awesome. But, uh, you know, what would you say to people who are thinking about putting in a nomination, whether it's for themselves or, or someone that they know? Oh, well, for me, being nominated was just 
such an emotional thing because I didn't realise the impact that I had. So when someone suggested that they would nominate me or suggested that I nominate, it was, yeah, I was kind of blown away. And I feel like it gave me a lot of confidence in what I was doing. It made me feel like I was, yeah, I was sort of doing, I was on the right path and I was making a difference. So no, I definitely encourage people to get to get involved, even if even if you don't come out a winner. I think it's still an absolute honour to be even just thought of as a change maker. Yeah, that's probably one of the most rewarding things. Um, speaking from experience of working on the awards, is when you whether it's on the phone or email and you let people know that they've been nominated, um, and uh, just yeah, people are, are pretty blown away that that someone thought of them and took the time to fill out a form and say, hey, you're doing this great work. Um, So that would be my number one tip to people who are nominating someone else because for anyone listening, we've got two ways to nominate. You can fill out the entire form yourself, um, which can be tricky if you're nominating someone else. You might not know all the details and actually um, you probably want to get them involved so they can give the best representation of themselves, if that makes sense. And so one way you can do it is by referring them and you, we get all sorts of referrals, you know, with the, no information with lots of information. It's nice sometimes just to write a two sentence um, on why you're nominating them because that way, you know, if I'm calling you Zelma, Zelma been nominated because you made a big impact in this person's life and really helped them in a tough time, you know, with their newborn, then that's going to be really powerful for you, like you said, to, to let you know. Yeah, no, that's, it's an amazing feeling, <laughs> to be honest. I think my mum nominated me for once. I'm not sure if that counts, but. <laughs> it always counts. <laughs> Yeah, very true. No, that's brilliant. Well, thanks for taking the time this morning, Zelma. I really appreciate it. And uh, how old are your kids now? Now that they've uh, because they're, they're a bit older now. Yeah, they're six and three. So I've got one at school and one who's starting kindy next year. So yeah, it's a whole another new ball yeah, game. Exactly. Yeah, another yep. transition. So yeah. Wow, six. Yeah, that's uh, going to be. I feel like ten is a freaky age. Like that's just. Everyone knows 10 is awesome. Everyone's like, that's the best. So I don't know. I don't know. Every year has been amazing in its own way so far. So I'm sure there'll be no different. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Zelma. Um, We'll keep in, uh, in touch and we'll be following your journey for sure. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. I hope you enjoyed that interview. If you liked it or any of our other episodes, it would be great if you can rate and review the Inspirational Australians podcast. It really helps us out. If someone you know needs a little dose of inspiration, why not let them know about this podcast? And if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed so that you won't miss an episode. Join us each week as we talk with ordinary Australians achieving extraordinary things. You can always head to our website at awardsaustralia.com slash podcast for more information and details on each guest. Now, before we go, I'd like to thank Annette, our producer. Here's a fun fact. Annette is my mum. And our other host, Jeff, is my dad. This podcast is brought to you by Awards Australia, a family-owned business that proudly uncovers the stories of people who make a difference for others. We can only do this with the support of our corporate and not-for-profit partners as they make our awards programs possible. So do you know someone making a difference? If you'd like to recommend someone to be a guest on the podcast, get in touch through our Instagram page, inspirational.australians. Or maybe your business might like to sponsor the podcast or get involved with the awards we run. Head to our website, awardsaustralia.com, for more details. Until next week, stay safe. And remember, together we make a difference. 
Thanks for joining us today on the Inspirational Australians podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening and have been inspired by ordinary Australians achieving extraordinary things. So it's goodbye for another week. Remember, together we make a difference.